0: From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey and Charleston, South Carolina, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for Saturday, September 19th, uh, the year 2020. Uh, We're doing the Sunday Sprint, actually. Luke Morrow joins me. Hello, Luke. What's going on? I don't think I've given this show the proper intro, but that's okay. Um, How are we as we head into week two?
1: And week two is a big week because now we can see if they were truly overreactions or if we should be concerned and also uh teams that begin oh and two have only made the playoffs 11 percent of the time the last 14 years so uh, there's a lot of teams that need a win this week
0: 11 percent of the time wow that's that's what i was told yeah which, which is crazy considering that in theory you um get two losses during a season so i've always looked at streaks like this luke as you're oh and two well yes but it's technically you lost one game here and one game there it's the same thing as going 0 two to start the season so that's an interesting stat and it shows you the mental aspect i think of these things over time um okay uh we have not talked about what games we're going to do so let's just start with the games that uh involve our teams the jets are awful i'm just going to say this straight out the jets are awful they've got very important pieces on injured reserve so i believe that this is a scenario where you're going to see uh jimmy garoppolo and the 49ers get back on track and once they get back on track they'll be unstoppable Um, from that point i know that some people don't think very highly of the 49ers I think they are for real, and I think you're going to see this start to pan out against the Jets um, uh, tomorrow on Sunday.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I agree with the first thing you said. I do think this is a get-right game for the 49ers. You know, now they do have to travel. They're going to stay on the road in, like, West Virginia for 15 days to play these two games up in the Northeast. It's not going to be an easy trip for them, but I do think uh, they should be able to win tomorrow if they don't. Then we'll have some serious questions or concerns for Jimmy Garoppolo who struggled last week and they took the football out of his hands in the playoffs last year. Uh, But my concern with the 49ers, and we'll see how they look against the Jets, if that's a fair barometer, but when you compare them to what, and it's only one week, but when you compare them to what we saw from the Chiefs and what we saw from the Ravens and even the Saints, you know, these teams that we believe are the best in football, there does seem to be a difference between them and the Niners right now. So San Francisco has got to go out and show me something
0: against the Jets. Unfortunately for your Jets, I think they will. I, uh, I agree. They have not given Sam Darnold the, the weapons that he needs, and that has been a chief mistake um, of um, them. I've had to change rooms, and I forgot to bring the NFL slate for this week with me. Um, so <laughs> we' we're, we're, we're gonna be doing this by by the seat of our pants. By the way, I do think Adam Gaze's job is is in jeopardy and it's not in jeopardy at the same time. I think it is in jeopardy if they lay an egg. I don't think it's in jeopardy because of the injuries, but I think if they just lay offensive legs, eggs after offensive leg, eggs, not legs, eggs, and not using your legs properly, um, you're gonna see this over time. Your Vikings lost last week, and now you face the Colts. Uh, So two 0-1 teams with flashy quarterbacks, but teams that lost last week. So what's your read on both your team and this game against the Colts? Uh,
1: I would like to think that the Vikings are better than what we saw last week. You know, the offense actually didn't play bad. They only ran like 47, 48 plays on offense and scored 34 points uh, against the Packers. But the defense was horrendous. Uh, And that's going to be a concern for the Vikings, I mean, their cornerbacks have a combined nine career uh, starts, they're all under 25, they're replacing six defensive starters, they're missing Daniel Hunter, the best pass rusher, their other best pass rusher, that was his first game with the team on Sunday, he said he's still trying to get his feet under him uh, with a new team, so they're just going through a lot of transition. Uh, I think that bodes well for the Colts, you know, the Colts lost last week against the Jaguars, and that's our big takeaway. But if you watch that game and then the Colts outgained Jacksonville, Philip Rivers just threw two interceptions in the fourth quarter and they had a chance to either put the game away or come back and, and take the lead or, or tie it uh, in the final uh, minutes of that fourth quarter. Now the Colts get to play you know, at home, indoors, on turf. Could be a little bit easier for Rivers in that offense. So I am concerned as a Vikings fan for this defense. Uh, I'm curious to see what sort of Phillip Rivers we get because... These last couple years, he's been terrible in close games in the fourth quarter. I guess that's what I'm banking on. Keep it close in the fourth, and maybe Phillip Rivers will unravel, but the Vikings' defense is going through quite the transition, and I'm not sure if it will get a lot easier tomorrow against the Colts.
0: Nor am I. Um, I have good news, by the way. I have the NFL slate back in front of me.
1: All right, we're back on track.
0: Yes, we are back on track. Here's my question involving the Vikings. At what point does... Because you've been on this momentum, right, of being a team that can challenge the Packers for, the, for your division, be a perennial contender, and you've made some offseason moves and some offseason uh, re-signings, you know, like Dalvin Cook, to get to a certain place. What is holding you back? What do you think is going to be the deciding factor on if you reach what would be the logical next step for you guys?
1: yeah it will be the secondary now they have according to pro football focus two of the best three safeties in that secondary uh but the concern is the cornerbacks Uh, they lost their top three cornerbacks from a year ago and they're replacing them with with guys who have barely been in the league and just don't have the experience and mike Zimmer is a coach who usually never plays rookies because he doesn't think they're ready and they're not ready for his somewhat complex defense but he's forced to do that this year so they have all of the te- You look at the team, like you said. I mean, they gave Dalvin Cook his money. They gave Kirk Cousins his contract. They're going to have a good offense. They scored 34 points last week, you know, the first game of the season with the new offensive coordinator. I think they'll be okay there, but I don't know if they can stop teams at least for the first half of the season. So they tried to bolster their defensive line so that you can pressure the quarterback, make it easier on that secondary. But then now, Daniil Hunter's out for the first month. There goes your best pass rusher. And uh, I think they only got to Aaron Rodgers. They only touched him twice all of last week. So he had all day to throw. Secondary's not good enough. That's the one big missing piece. I think this team, the roster's good everywhere else except the the, the cornerbacks. And the offensive line could also get a little better
0: as well. All right, we're going to move on, um, and now we're just going to be doing this by the seat of our pants, folks. Uh, Is the next game you want to talk about uh, the Monday night game between the Saints and the Raiders?
1: Sure, how'd you know?
0: (laughs) Because I just thought that a new stadium in Las Vegas would be interesting. This game is flashy, uh, in my mind, for a couple reasons. Number one, we're opening a new stadium. It's the NFL in Vegas, something a lot of people thought would never happen shows you how far the legalization of sports gambling has become, has has gone. It's, 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 it's still obviously it has a ton of ways to go, but it's getting there. But for me, if this Raider team is for real, and if they want us to believe it's for real, this is a great showcase for John Gruden. I know he was given a 10-year deal and all that stuff, but this should be a pretty simple game for the Saints. But it's two 1-0 teams, and there's some promise there um, in Las Vegas that they may be on to something. Where's your head when it comes to is the Oakland offense for real versus the Saints who may have or may not have a gimpy Michael Thomas on an ankle?
1: Yeah, I'm curious to see. I think the the Raiders have a losing season this year. I don't think they're there yet ready to compete. I think the offense could be interesting but my question is i have questions for both these teams For so the raiders would be you know they played the panthers last week who probably will have the worst defense in the league so you know these, the raiders went on the road early game on the east coast week one they scored 34 points but i don't know how much of that was their offense or the panthers defense so i'm interested to see against a much better Saints defense and on the flip side you, have, you mentioned michael thomas i i can't imagine he'll be able to play you know only a week after that injury usually it's about a month i know they're trying to get him out there i, I don't think he will play and Drew Brees in the first game, I mean, he's lucky that uh, Tom Brady didn't play great because that's all we left talking about. But I wasn't very impressed with Brees. He only had 180 yards. They used Taysom Hill when they wanted to throw it downfield. Uh, so I have questions about Drew Brees. And the Raiders' defense, I don't think, is very good. So I think Brees will have an opportunity. So this early in the season, we're still trying to form our impression. And I want to see what Drew Brees looks like. And then on the other side, the Raiders offense, uh, I think the Saints do win the game. But I'm curious to see, you know, how close the Raiders may be to, to being able to
0: compete with a team like that. And look, let, let's be blunt about it. Drew was 50-50 on coming back. So you wonder how much is left in the tank and what goes first. It's the ability to throw it down the field. It's arm strength.
1: Certainly. And, and I've been I've been on this for a while that I am concerned about Drew in terms of I think this is his final year. We don't really see quarterbacks or athletes come up with a retirement plan while they're still playing. He's got his contract to go broadcasting. Sean Payton at the Freudian slip when he said this is Drew's last year and then corrected himself and said, oh, no, he's on a two-year contract. I think Brees is done after this year. He had the trauma in the offseason. And I'm curious to see how much he has left throughout this season.
0: Uh, Sunday Sprint. Luke Morrow's with me here. Let's keep going. We are 10 minutes into what's usually a 15- to 18-minute show. Um where do you want to go next? Well, I think just
1: off the top of my head, I think the Patriots Seahawks will be a really fun game on Sunday Night
0: Football. Well, we've got a lot of different things going on here. We have, uh, a, a, you know, we have the ongoing air quality issues in the Pacific Northwest. Now, I believe they were getting a lot of rain, and Thursday was the deadline to move the game, and the deadline was not moved, or, or sorry, the game was not moved. So maybe it was Friday. This game is interesting in in this. Sense, CenturyLink Field has for years been the hardest place to play. Cam Newton comes into a brand new offense. He looked very good in it last week against the Dolphins. You would think this would be a disaster. The Twelves and all those rampant fans at CenturyLink Field up against a brand new quarterback in a new system with Josh McDaniels going from a pocket passer to a running uh, passer. And suddenly I think this is a huge advantage for the Pats not having people in the building.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, this normally would be a very tough game. First, the cross-country flight, national TV. Uh, you got to wait around all day, then you got to deal with those fans. Uh, but, yeah, you remove that. I-, I think that is a big difference. And, and then you're talking about Bill Belichick and-, and, you know, trying to scheme a game plan and not have to worry about a potential home field advantage for the other team. I'm fascinated to see in the follow-up of Cam Newton. This is what I touched on earlier. You know, we get our first reactions from week one, but maybe it's all just oh, fluke ish or matchups. And now he goes up against Seattle, and they don't have a great defense, but you got to try to keep up with Russell Wilson, who was fantastic in Week 1, and maybe the Seahawks will finally put more on his plate. And for the Patriots offensively, you know, Cam Newton, for as well as he played, he didn't throw the football a whole lot. He didn't throw it downfield. He had the second-most rushing attempts of any game in his career, and half of his past attempts were built off of play action. So this is a team that's built around that run game. I know it's only Week 1. They'll get more into this offense, but you still have to see more from Cam. And I'm just uh, curious if that offense is going to be able to keep up with Russell Wilson in Seattle or if they're just going to try to shorten the game and if Belichick can try to slow down Russell Wilson because I think it's a New England team this year that's built to try to win those, like we saw in week one, those those 22-11 or whatever the score was, those 17-14 type of games. And Russell Wilson, as we know, is one of the best
0: quarterbacks in the league. He he, he can light it up quickly. Um, You got one more pick, Luke. You get one more person. If this was Survivor, you've got to make a smart choice. Because if you bring somebody on this reward challenge, you're leaving the rest back at camp. And you don't know who they're going to scheme against. So you've got to make a, a smart choice. Sorry, did I mix two things at once? Yeah, I don't know. We're still talking about football. I don't know what's going on here. We are talking about football. i trying to make a oh, Survivor. Okay. Yeah. Humor, humor that that needs an audience, sadly. <laughs> or, or is, uh, there, or, or are you giving up your ability to choose this game to me? I'm just trying to think off the top of my head, coming up with uh, you know the fifth best game uh, of this weekend. We have Giants, no. Bears, Falcons, Cowboys, no. Lions, Packers, Jags, Titans. Um, we have Buffalo, Miami, Rams, Eagles, uh, Broncos, Steelers, Carolina, Tampa, football team, Arizona, Chiefs, Chargers. I, I, That's why I purposely did last names. I wanted that reaction right there. And finally, um, Ravens and Texans.
1: Yeah, there, there are some good matchups. You know, I'll say Eagles, Rams, because I think... The Eagles will come out and beat the Rams, and uh, and after Carson Wentz played so bad in Week One, I think he'll play much better. And those are two teams that we expect to be competing for the playoffs in the NFC.
0: Um, I think this is a gut check year for Sean McVay and Jared Goff. Uh, They did not; they 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 had a slump last year, um, in their follow up to a Super Bowl appearance. And I'm really curious to see what happens with this Rams team. They were able to beat the Cowboys on on, on Sunday night. Where are we in terms of Jared Goff's development and Jared Goff's um, ability to have, uh, to have a good performance? He was 20-31, 275, no touchdowns, one interception. Their running game was pretty spread. Um, but Malcolm Brown had two touchdowns, and Robert Woods had three. Uh, sorry, had uh, no touchdowns. I was looking at the wrong stat. But Robert Woods did have six catches for 105 yards um, on Ryan Seacrest's radio show. And yes, you're don't change the dial. You are listening to this correctly on on Ryan's radio show. Um, they found out that somebody who works in the building where his show is done in Los Angeles is Jared Goff's roommate. It is. It is a a gentleman named Patrick. He works in sales um, for, for iHeart Media, and he said that Jared had a really good off season. He thinks that he's better than he was entering last season, mentally, physically, and emotionally. Look, this is just his roommate. He he could be saying whatever, but he really thinks that that this could be a positive year for the Rams. I think the Eagles have gone through so much, up, down, up, down, injuries, offensive, uh, just, you know, sometimes they're great, sometimes they're horrible week to week. You don't quite know what you're getting from the Eagles. Um, And I really think that this could be a breakout week for the Rams. Um, It's a a long flight, it's on the road, it's a 1 p.m. start, so you better get those jets moving. But I firmly believe that Carson Wentz and company, and, and you know, let's, let's look at this. Carson got sacked eight times last week, had a QBR of 13 and threw two picks and was 24 of 42. That's not going to win you games. And Boston Scott being your leading rusher is not going to win you games if you're the Eagles. I think it's a big opportunity for the Rams.
1: It, it is. Uh, I, I'll take the Eagles. I'm concerned about the offensive line, but I do think Carson Wentz gets right. And I think the Rams, because of that long trip, and uh, the Sunday night game against the Cowboys. I saw the Eagles blow their game. Rams beat the Cowboys. i are thinking, man, the Rams are going to go in there and, and manhandle Philadelphia. I'm taking the Eagles at home. Uh, the bigger question, though, is why does Jared Goff still have a roommate?
0: Um, and he has a girlfriend now. And all this yeah. is publicly known. Um, according to Patrick, because this was the number one question that one of Ryan's co-hosts asked him, which is why the heck does he still have a roommate? And, you know... Uh, Ryan, you know, shot back. Does he like not cook or anything? <laughs> like, are you his personal chef? No. Um, they, they, the, the explanation is that uh, they enjoy each other's company. They're cool. They're uh, he's a good person to help Patrick come down off of games. He was single at the time, and they enjoy living at whatever place that they're living. So, I guess if this relationship becomes more serious, they'll. Uh, you know, he'll move out, move to a uh, you know his own place with his girlfriend. But for right now, they're still roommates. Hey, some people just
1: like having that company, Good,
0: good for them. Well, also, it, it can keep them in check and keep them focused. Um, be, because if you think about the sales industry, especially radio sales, it's a lot of pitching, and if jared working from home all these months sees as hard as, as patrick's grinding it's going to make him grind more so they think they're a good match for each other jared also changed his nutrition plan in the off season and, and patrick thought that having a roommate was helpful in that regard as well
1: there you go the things you can learn from listening to ryan seacrest
0: yes on air with ryan seacrest uh, check it out on your radio stations around the country it's nationally syndicated and also available on the iheart radio App And Luke, this is just the knowledge that, that I can now enhance for you with the Morrow Midday Show, every day from 12 to 3 on ESPN Radio 98.9 uh-huh. Charleston, featuring Very yours good. truly Wednesdays at 1, presented by Pro Green Synthetic Turf Systems. Very good. That's right. How good was that? Yes. SportsRadio.com for more Um yeah, I cannot wait to right. do the live read of my segment. It's going to be a ton of fun. Um, if if only April 1st next year was on a Wednesday, it's on a Thursday. I, I, I already looked it up. <laughs> That's how much I've had this in mind for a while now. Anyway, Luke, we're getting to the end of our radio program. Aww. So I need your game of the day or weekend.
1: Yeah, I got to go sign football, Seahawks, uh, Patriots.
0: Gonna be odd. Gonna be a very odd scene. Um, I really, really like this Baltimore Houston game. We didn't talk about it, but I really like this matchup. Um, Lamar Jackson teams had a long off season to scheme, but the Ravens also had a big a long offseason season season to counter what they thought they could do. The Raven, uh, sorry, uh, uh, what they thought opponents could do. I think this is one that uh, is big for this week. Um, So that's my game of the week. What is your sleeper game, Luke Morrow? I'll say Falcons-Cowboys. I think it's going to be a high-scoring
1: game, post-game. You know, uh, 38-31, Cowboys win, and those are two teams. I don't think the Falcons are very good, but two teams hoping
0: to make the playoffs this year. Um, I'm going to go Jags-Titans. I think, uh, and you heard it here first, I think Tennessee is not going to make the playoffs. I like it. I just think that the Colts may be better, um, the Jags may be better, if if you believe in some of the changes they've made. Um, I don't know, I just really like the way the AFC South, um, and, and, and obviously Houston's going to win the uh, division. So the question is, does the second wild card come out of there? And I just like the way that's playing out, so... That's that. What is your game to watch the final round of the 120th United States Open Championship during? Ooh,
1: And I'll say 49 Sorry, I'll say 49ers-Jets.
0: It's okay. I'll say Giants-Bears. Yeah, I was thinking that one, too.
1: I like watching Daniel Jones, though.
0: Yeah, but... and, And I like watching Saquon leave, but the defense can't stop anybody. Yeah. And okay. they did not reinforce okay. it well in the secondary. Um, and you put a lot of pressure on Eli Apple. So I just don't like that matchup. Um, survivor game. The other kind of survivor on this show.
1: I'll go uh, Chiefs. Top picks early on. I think the Chiefs still win against the Chargers. I think they blow them out.
0: Um, I am with you. I am curious what the new stadium will be like, and and how that will differ from Carson um, for the Chargers. But I I think they win uh, the uh, Chiefs too pretty handedly. Uh, who is your player or person to watch? Oh
1: man, I never, I you know, I never, I always forget about this. I
0: never well, do. it's because you have a more important thing to prep for, which is the tomorrow midday show.
1: That's right. I'll go. I, always, I usually pick quarterbacks and usually fairly obvious ones. I'll say Tom Brady because everyone was talking about how washed up he was and Bruce Arians made those comments. They get to play the Panthers with that terrible defense. I don't know if Brady's ever been 0-2 before. I think he comes out with a big game.
0: I, I agree with you on the Brady prediction. Picture-in-picture, um, picture, my TV remote, um, headphones, adapters, everything we're going to need to watch football and golf tomorrow. I like it. Make sure you're set up. A different angle. And if any of you get this immediately on your phones because you subscribe, rate, review, please tune in to Citadel Clemson. Luke, give them the details.
1: Yeah, 4 o'clock kickoff today. I'm on my way right now to the stadium, so maybe that's why the quality's not as good.
0: No, the quality is just as much as any show.
1: All right.
0: Yes, it's good.
1: Uh, You can stream it, tune in radio um and uh, it's, the, it's the city in Charleston uh, so you could also listen online at the I think it's the dot
0: are you still on uh, Charleston Sports radio with that as well I think there's a li- if you go to Charleston sports radio there's a link I believe to that website it's a separate website it's one of our sister stations but it's all connected there you go Thank you Luke for hanging with us through the technical, marvels of a holiday and trying to get to a quiet place in the house. My pleasure. And thank you all for listening to this edition of Teeing It Up presents the Sunday Sprint. Enjoy your football Sunday, Monday, and maybe if you get this immediately, Saturday, everybody.